0: Hello everyone and welcome to oh fuck. Okay, now we'll start that again. <laughs> no, <keep it> in. <laughs> okay, now i start that again. Hello everyone and welcome to episode three of the Run Adjacent podcast, now sponsored by Trick Trail and Fish. My name is Hayden Bell. Today I interviewed Hannah Thompson who will be co-hosting future episodes with me, so I thought it would only be fair to give her an episode of her own so you the listener can get to know her. This interview was just going to be a nice little fluff piece but it took a great turn when Hannah shared with us about having a diabetic hypo attack during the Auckland Marathon last year. Despite spending some time in an ambulance, she still managed to finish the marathon in a time of 3 hours 47. She also shared with us her experience of living with diabetes and how she manages it on a daily basis. So do whatever it is you're doing. And enjoy. Welcome along, Hannah.
1: Kia ora, Hades. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. So, obviously, you're a runner, but what other sports have you done in the past?
1: So, I guess my sporting career, if you can even call it that, <laughs> started when I was about 10 years old. I was a competitive swimmer and that involved training, I guess when I was ten, it was probably around five times a week, But when I got to about thirteen or fourteen, I was training twice a day. So I'd get up in the morning at five o'clock and we'd start training at five thirty in the morning. We'd train for two hours in the morning. and then after school, I'd train from four thirty till six thirty every evening, and then we would have a Saturday morning session as well. so, it was about 11 swimming sessions a week. So it was a lot for that age. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that's kind of what may took up a lot of my time. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time for many other sports, but I did also play soccer. Not many people will know that, but I was actually quite into my soccer. I represented Auckland for a little while as well. But I think just my fitness from my swimming helped me in lots of other sports so like I played soccer and I sort of did tennis for a little while squash I was never really any good but my fitness kind of got me through like I was okay and that was the same with my soccer like my my technique wasn't awesome but I was able to just keep going and I was a little bit I was was fast-ish, you know. (laughs) Ish.
0: So, so what what ages were those again? Sorry.
1: So when I was ten is when I started swimming. I suppose I start like I learnt to swim much before that, obviously. But then I sort of found oh, I'm actually okay at this, and sort of thought oh yeah, I can can maybe do this competitively. Yeah. Nice.
0: So, um, what got you into running then?
1: So like I said like from my swimming I was always sort of that helped me in other sports and when I was at school I'd kind of win the school cross country and I went to inter schools and I managed to win that probably up until the end of intermediate I was kind of okay and then obviously we got into high school and people that actually did running like how I did swimming so they ran competitively just all got way better than me (laughs) But I I guess I always kind of dabbled in it a little bit on the side, like I'd kind of, when I was swimming, we were always kind of made to do a little bit of cross training and I'd always choose like kind of running as my cross training. So to be honest, it was only ever probably once a week. And then when I finished swimming and went to university, I completely quit sport altogether for four or five years. (laughs) Because I think I was just completely over it by that point. And yep. so, and I went onto the university scene and obviously it was more about drinking and eating. <laughs> and then when I finished university, I was like, right, I've got to, you know, get back into yeah. something. And that's when I took up running because obviously it was cheap. I probably yep. couldn't afford a gym membership as a student or coming out of, you know, into a into a grad job. So running was something really easy that I could just do in my own time. and. Yeah you know was was cost effective <laughs>
0: yeah so uh, what kind of running events have you have you competed in
1: so I've always been pretty casual like I said like when I finished uni, like I never did any kind of events or anything what happened was I went overseas for a few years like on my OE I went to South America for a year and I came back and I was like right I've got to give myself something challenging because I hadn't again hadn't really exercised for a long time so I decided to enter the Auckland Marathon I was like look let's just get straight into this like I'll enter something outrageous (laughs) hadn't run in like you know ages done anything for ages but yep let's enter a marathon and so when would have that been that would have been when I was about 26 so that was that was about yeah. 10 years ago now. Nice. So I entered the Auckland Marathon, and that was kind of like my first event, proper event. And then from there, I again, it took me two or three years, and I did the Queenstown Marathon after that. So I've done Auckland twice because I did Auckland last year, and I've done Queenstown. And then I've just done a myriad of half marathons and other smaller events. But heaps of half marathons like you. have got heaps of medals, but only for (laughs) participation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Events are you training for this year then?
1: So my husband and I have just... I shouldn't say that my husband and I, because he only just agreed to it. I kind of entered him and then told him that he was going to be doing it. But (laughs) (laughs) um, we are going to be doing the Sydney Marathon in September. And, but I guess before that, I'll be doing just some local events, some Sport Northland events prior to that. So I'll probably do, you know, Kaiwe Lakes. I've got this event next weekend in the Wairarapa called the Tora, which I'll be doing. Probably do the Whangarei half if it fits in. Mm-hmm. I really liked that event last year. Actually, I really liked the Kaiwe Lakes one last year. That was awesome. Nice. So. I heard
0: um, the Tora is a mud fest, so I <laughs> hope you get some trail shoes.
1: Yeah, might have to head down to Trek, Trail & Fish, eh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, let's just jump off off the interview right now. Um, Thank you to Dez at Trek, Trail & Fish for uh, sponsoring this episode. Uh, There might be an ad plugged in here uh, later on, but yeah, thank you. I do appreciate your support. It's been great.
1: Whatever you're into, get into Trek, Trail, Fish. On the run this summer? Visit Trek, Trail, Fish first. For Wakeland Street, Carmel. Get the mindset. Get the gear. Get going.
0: Um, what's uh, back into the interview now, Hannah? What's uh, what was your favourite event that you've done?
1: I think it's hard to go past Queenstown. Like, obviously, it's just beautiful. They put a lot of effort into like race entertainment and just so many different people like different cultures and people coming over from overseas and there's a real vibe around it Um, but also for me when I did that event I guess why also part of why it was my favorite is that when I did that event the training that went into it was very challenging it was at a time when I had kind of like a newborn baby and my husband was overseas at the time He was deployed to Iraq for seven months. Mm. So I entered a marathon thinking I need to, you know, keep busy and have a distraction. And it was almost sort of like a bit of running for my mental health. Yeah. So I was working. I had a newborn baby. I was by myself in Palmerston North with not many friends at that stage because we'd just moved there. I was very lucky to have the support of my family. They came and helped me out lots. But... Me finishing that event and was a highlight because, yeah. yeah, it was such a challenging time for me. It was hard yeah. to train for. It was a lot of Ks with a buggy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a
0: culmination of... All the multitasking and that's your reward for it is crossing that finish line, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the event was stunning, obviously, but yeah, yeah. what went into it? I was just proud oh, of yeah. myself for doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like,
0: like, yeah. I've heard good good reviews about Queensland. I want to do that marathon one day, but um, not this year. But yeah, it's um, it's stunning. But yeah, yeah, just just I guess the event as a whole being that you know the reward was finishing it because yeah. of the build up into it. Yeah, exactly. How do you manage? You know, being a mum and training and all that kind of stuff. You know, working and
1: yeah, I think that's a really good question, Hades. And I think like a lot of mums find it hard to fit their training in. And you know, it is Mm. it is a really difficult and real thing, especially like you know a lot of mums these days. You they work full time, and Mm. you always have this thing of you you feel guilty for going out. Like you feel you feel guilty if you're not exercising because you know you should be doing that for yourself. You feel guilty if, um, you know, you're not with your kids and it's always just a constant struggle. But, you know, like for me, it's when Craig was in the army, you know, it was about I had to get up early in the morning and kind of go before uh, Lucas got out of bed at sort of 7.30 in the morning. So it's definitely not easy. But if you can just prioritise, you know, an hour of a day for yourself, you um, I think it does make a real difference to how you are as a mother. Like for me, it just gives me so much more energy. It makes me so much more positive and happy. And Mm. yeah, but I definitely appreciate it's not easy and not super accessible for a lot of mums. But Mm. yeah, like I think it is something super important to prioritise if you can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: Not running, obviously, but any kind of exercise or just, Mm. you know.
0: Cool. <laughs> no, that's um, that's awesome, Hannah.
1: I'm doing all right. What?
0: Yeah, you're doing all right. Nice, <laughs> yeah, good. What what was your um, what was your worst run?
1: Mm, well, that's easy. Last year, yeah. I entered Auckland the Auckland Marathon, and everyone's gonna think this is really silly because it basically is uh, sort of five days before the event. <laughs> I thought I'd done, like, enough base training. To be honest, I probably had done enough base training. What I didn't factor in, and I haven't mentioned this in the podcast yet, but I'm a type 1 diabetic. And so I don't think I did enough long runs to practice depleting myself enough to what would... To endure? Yeah, to endure a 40. And I sort of just wasn't used to it. So I I guess the thing is I hadn't had diabetes in my other two marathons that I'd done, so Mm. Queenstown and Auckland. Or did I? Maybe I did in Queenstown, actually. Sorry, I did in Queenstown. Let's just say I hadn't done a long run since that run. So I just was out of practice. I thought it would be a good idea to go in and try and keep my blood sugars in a certain range and... I basically became hyperglycemic at at about 30 kilometers an hour and because I was trying to keep such tight control on that run I just couldn't bring it back so I was taking on gels and as much carbohydrate as I could and for some reason my blood sugars just wouldn't come up so I just completely bonked basically but bonked with a with a in a diabetic way, yeah. as well as probably everything else. Although I could only really focus on the fact that, you know, I was trying to bring my blood sugars back up, which can be super dangerous. But yeah, I managed to make it to the end, <laughs> which was really silly. But the thing yeah. is, when you're hyperglycemic, you're not thinking straight. And so that was problematic too. If I was of sound mind, I probably should have pulled out. But... <laughs>
0: yeah. So how... What? So, what, what do you call it? You call it hypoglycemic. Okay, well, so, you can
1: call it a hypo. Most okay. people would call it a hypo. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so when you had your hypoglycemic, yes. fit or whatever it's called, how many Ks were there to go?
1: So, I probably had. I think it's. I, th- I. So, I had a continuous blood glucose monitor in my arm, which isn't something I always use, but I put it in for this event. And I remember, so normal range for a diabetic, what Mm -hmm. you try and aim for is is between 4 and 10. When I checked at about 30 Ks, I think I remember I was about 4.1. So I was just in the normal range. But soon after that, I plummeted, although I didn't check again until 34, which was when I was hyperglycemic. So somewhere between 30 and 34, I plummeted down into the threes. And then I remained within the threes till the end of the run
0: so so four to ten is safe yeah and then below
1: three is, is very unsafe is ten though. is okay right. like above ten is okay like mm. you can run high like mm. you're not nothing you haven't you're not in immediate danger but when you're below four you're in immediate danger okay. so you shouldn't be high for long periods of time because that's what causes other issues like you know organ damage and stuff like that over a long time like if you yeah. had You know, if you had high blood sugar levels consistently over your life or over, you know, a long period of time, you'd have – diabetics can get other issues from that, yeah.
0: How did you find out that you had diabetes?
1: Yeah, so this is a very interesting story. (laughs) I was – I think I was 28 when I got diabetes. What happened was I sort of started to notice the symptoms – Over a period of like a week. So the first thing that kind of happened, the first notable thing that happened was that I was really tired. But then I would exercise and for some reason that would give me heaps more energy. Mm. And I remember I went to the Auckland Zoo one day and... (laughs) I was walking around and I started to have vision issues. So I was like sort of looking at things and I was looking, you know, around and reading signs and stuff. And what I could usually read really easily, Mm. I couldn't. And so I said to my husband, can we like go to the optometrist after this? Because I'm having massive issues with my vision. Like it's very weird. Sorry, how old are you? So I was 28 Oh, okay Yeah, yeah So, and all It wasn't like a gradual thing Oh, my yeah. vision So it wasn't like, you know Over six months Oh, my vision's weird It was literally within three days I was like, this is so weird My vision is like very impaired <laughs> mm. And so I got him to take me To the optometrist in the mall After that And the optometrist was like Oh, you need You definitely need glasses Like, you know You've got some some issues And I was like, okay Yeah, sweet as I need glasses My husband went away that night because he was still in the army at that point. And in the morning I woke up and my vision was almost completely gone, like I could barely see anything. Wow. And I freaked out. I tried to open my phone, like, but I couldn't really read anything on my phone. So I'm trying to, like, you know, do the pattern of my passcode. (laughs) Managed to, you know where your call button is usually on your phone, like Mm. mine's, you know, bottom left. So called that and just pushed, like, the screen and luckily... I reached my parents and I said, You've got to come over. Like I can't see, like it's weird. I just feel like S H I T mm. basically. Yeah. They came over and my dad was like, I'm just gonna check your blood sugar level. So my dad's a diabetic. What oh. do you know? They were 32. And so we just as I just said to you before, before four and 10s yeah. normal. Mine were thirty-two. My symptoms were Really hungry and thirsty all the time, peeing peeing heaps. So you go toilet heaps, which yeah. is a main symptom, like one to note look out for in children. I think so. If you've got children that are really thirsty all the time and go in toilet a lot, and yeah, so you. Those are so, so those are two key things, and then obviously the vision thing for me was big. So that was about there was just so much glucose on my blood that it was covering the lens of my eye, like the glucose had just, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, straight to hospital and straight and get, yep, admitted straight away.
0: So, what 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 would the hospital do to you then to make you right?
1: So, they just start you straight away on insulin to start bringing it back down. Yeah, and they just, you know, teach you all about that, which comes with massive complexities. It's quite a shock at the start because it is, it's obviously lifelong. You can't cure it, and there's a lot that goes into managing your diabetes on a day-to-day thing. So it's about learning about that.
0: Yeah, Um, what do what do you do to manage it on on a day-to-day basis?
1: So for me, it's about, I try to have really tight control because that's really important for me to be able to run and do all the things that I want to do. So I will test my blood probably six to eight times a day. So that's pricking your finger and then that goes into a machine that then tests your blood. And then you have to have an injection every time you eat um, so I probably have about five injections a day. I'm a snacker so <laughs> I'm Aren't a snack all? queen yeah <laughs> I think every most runners are snack queens or kings so <laughs> yeah I have six six or yeah six injections a day. I have one in the morning that that's that insulin lasts 24 hours and then you've got to have short acting insulin every time you eat. Wow yeah. Oh. <laughs>
0: No, that's, that's fascinating Hannah. Um, how has diabetes affected your approach to running or any exercise now?
1: I think the main thing is you just have to be way more prepared so you can't sort of just go at a whim. Oh I'm going to go out for a run now which is what I used to kind of do in the past. Now it's like you've got to make sure your blood sugars are perfect. You've got to have sort of taken on a bit of fuel beforehand. You have to be prepared when you're out running. So people often say when I'm running with my friends, oh, why have you got your phone? And, you know, I obviously have mm. to have it for emergency purposes. Um, i often run with a gel in my pocket or some sort of fuel, especially if it's a long one. Unless you're doing – unless, you know, you wake up one morning and decide to go to park run on a whim and um, – <laughs> Have no backup fuel in your pocket. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I have had um, one mishap recently, but for the most part, I yeah, just it's just about making sure you're well fueled, your blood sugars are in a certain range, and you're taking provisions out with you to ensure that you're not mm. going to get into a situation where you're, you know, yeah. going to have have a hypo and yeah. or if you do have a hypo at least you've got something to yeah, yeah. fix it <laughs> no, that's
0: cool and and I guess safety in numbers running with someone
1: yeah I like yeah. Love, love love running with friends like, yeah. I I don't run with friends because of my diabetes but I do just love running with friends it's I think it just makes running more fun yeah, it's just cooler with your mates. Mm. Not everyone likes running with other people, but I'm one of those people that just loves running with my mates. So. Yeah, it's cool. yeah, 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 and it's cool running with like-minded people too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I I do enjoy our our Thursday night runs.
1: Yeah, shout out to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't worry, we can delete that. Are you out. gonna cut it out? Okay, so running with diabetes. Has it taken a toll on you mentally, or is it just something that you try not to make a big deal of?
1: I think that I definitely do not try to make a big deal of it. Like, it doesn't define me. It's just a part of who I am, like a very small part of who I am. Heaps of people don't even really know that I have diabetes, but... I'm not gonna say I was, you know, other than yeah. that I'm stoked about having it or anything. Like it's a very, very hard disease to manage. Like it takes up it can take up a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort into making sure you're managing it properly. Yeah. But I do not let that take the enjoyment out of life and definitely not the enjoyment out of running. Like I think at the start it was scary, you know, like to go back into running and, and to exercise because you are still learning about it it takes ages to learn about it I'm still learning about it you know like you know I've had I've made mistakes recently um where I've had massive hypos on a run and you know and I don't know where it's come from but I definitely I don't let it stop me like for sure and it's just about making sure you're being careful like you're you're taking the right precautions Mm. so yeah but not taking away from people out there that have diabetes, it is really, really difficult. Yeah, and I feel for especially children that have it as well. It's hard.
0: Yeah, I, I and can't parents of children yeah. that have it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you, Hannah, for revealing so much.
1: You're welcome. I think. <laughs> um, no, it's
0: good. Given... <laughs> I've learnt a lot about you, um, even though I've known you almost two years and I didn't have that much of an insight into you. So thank you for sharing that. It's awesome.
1: Thanks for having me on, Hades. I'm really looking forward to joining you in future episodes too.
0: Cool. And uh, so thanks to the listeners and um, thanks to my new show sponsor, <laughs> <gasps> uh, Trick, Trail & Fish. You can check them out at number 4 Wakeland Street up in Carmo, please. If you haven't already, follow and rate the show on the platform that you're listening to, Apple and Spotify. It helps get the show into more people's ear holes. Uh, And you can also follow Run Adjacent on Instagram. Uh, it's at Run Adjacent. Till next time, happy running.